Pie in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Three, two, one. Happy Easter, Murder Chronicles Nation. Hope you had a lovely holiday surrounded by friends and family and potluck brunches like I did. Uh, Still doing the cleanup, finding scattered pieces of candy in the yard because apparently the resurrection of Christ has to do with a six-foot bunny crapping Easter eggs into your bushes. And Uh, you gave me a hard time about Santa. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Yeah, the difference is my kids don't believe in the Easter Bunny. Touche. But, yeah, but uh, no, it was great. Friends, family. How was your Easter? Did you do anything fun? It was great. I mean, we always have, you know, we're on a first name basis with the Easter Bunny. Brandon's like ready to pounce. Uh, I believe in magic. And as you know, Brandon does it. Uh-huh. Yep. Anyway, it was kind of one of those moments where, you know what, something magical then becomes something like greedy children, you know, kind of like, because, oh wait, my kids are on spring break. Never mind. I can't, I can't talk about it, but. Because you might ruin the fact that the Easter Bunny isn't real. They may go, mom, but you promised. Your kids that are of driving age and voting age are going to be upset that the myth of the Easter bunny is shattered. Okay, I have a nine-year-old, okay? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Fine, okay, so uh, listen, as long as you had a pleasant and relaxing Easter, that's that's great, I'm happy to hear that. Um, uh, it was awesome. Good, good, and, and, uh, and now you're on a, a weird school schedule because your kids are now on spring break and my kids are back in school today after spring break, so it's, um, it's a relief. Yeah, you're, Brandon is Brandon is all business. He has his baseball cap turned right For, side forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm business ready, today. Ready to roll. I'm business today. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Going going back home next weekend. Actually, I'm going to be in town uh in new jersey and in new york for for a minute running around might be up 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 in boston for a second also so i got a a nice a nice east coast swing in my future um yeah but let's talk about the highway to hell it was a highway to hell. It was a highway to hell. I, I I didn't know at first if you were just like an '80s hard rock fan or because I didn't understand the title at first. And then, um, you know the I five, um, the I five killer. Uh, this guy got around, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, three states. Talk about jurisdictional kind of fuckery. I mean, everybody wanted this guy. At one point, someone said, the detective said there were forty different law enforcement agencies that that kind of had the option of going after him um but we'll get to that we'll get to that uh one of the strange predilections of of sexual deviance that i understand the least is a flasher like i don't get it i don't get and i understand that it's a real thing obviously but but like your your compulsion is to have as many people possible see your penis 
right? You know, I didn't get it for a really long time too until the Jack Spillman, the werewolf butcher. Yeah. And yeah. I got it that, I mean, I don't, I still don't get it, but I understand like the reaction, the reaction of that's what they're getting off on the, the fear and the shock and the, because I mean, it was, I think it's easy to dismiss, especially back in the day before people got it, you know, with serial killers and the peeping toms and, and how it ramps up and stuff. I mean, just because you do those things doesn't mean you're going to become a serial killer, but absolutely it's something that needs to be looked at um, when you're looking at people. On the scale of, of I guess, danger, right, and, uh, of, of behavior um, being, you know, a, a marker for future, you know, accelerated behavior and worse and worse and worse behavior where is because you, you did it in the episode as well you kind of put you, you put flasher kind of next to peeping tom right and those seem a little like i don't know which is worse i don't know which is thought to be worse they're they're, they're i don't think they're born of the same compulsion compulsion by any means one is like you know look at me and react to 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 what i'm showing you okay and the other one is I don't want anyone to see me at all. I'm hiding, trying to get a peek of your junk, right? Like what do you got going on under your nightgown? Little mm -hmm. Missy through the window when I'm in the tree because I saw, you know, Back to the Future when I was 12, right? But um, like what is, in your opinion, if you don't know, that's cool. I don't expect you to, to be an encyclopedia. You know, I've, you know it's funny because I've never thought about that, but I think that it's... Um... I think that it's probably equal, but in a totally different way, because you're completely in both cases, you're violating. And this is just right off the cuff. My first major yeah. reaction. It's like you're violating someone's privacy. You're lurking around. You're. I mean, See, I would go the other way. I would think that a flasher is worse because it's more brazen. It's more confident. You're actually connecting with a person. You're out there you know, someone could reach out and fucking grab you and punch you or get it. Somebody, somebody knows where you live. That would just totally, that would paralyze yeah. me with fear. Sure. But, but wouldn't that also, wouldn't you also think, well, this person's a coward because they're hiding. They're not going to actually commit, like do any physical well, harm to me. There's something in, so invasive. Oh, about yeah. oh, oh, it's invasive to be sure. I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I, Who's more likely to progress to murder? If I had to, and this would be a like crazy choice, but like since we're going here, <laughs> if I had to choose between seeing a stranger's dick and I, letting someone spy on me, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's weird that we got there this quickly. I know. But, uh -huh. <laughs> what would you rather do? I think if I was like, if it was a one-off, it's like I could handle. I could. Right? No, I get it. If it had to happen once, like gun to my head, I'll see a stranger's dick. Okay, fine. And then just get rid of it. And then let me move on with my life. Okay. Yeah. But to have somebody knowing that they're like looking at me through the window and that they could come in at any time. And that, I mean, that would just, that, that's, I don't want to speak for women, but that's a pretty, pretty. No, no. I wonder what the numbers are on that. Like, Sure, there's data of of people, you know, like offenders who began as flashers and progressed to murder, and began as peeping toms and progressed to murder. I wonder 
which has the most on it. I would be interested in that um, because they seem like completely opposite ends of the spectrum to me with regard to personality types, you know? Um, yeah. Um, also what I found cool about this uh, and you also, you, you already kind of touched on it a little bit um, was then versus now, like back then in the seventies, like, Oh, he's just some weirdo flashing. He's not going to do it. He's harmless. We know today, like you said, it doesn't, always mean that they're going to be terrible murderers later on but you you, you flag the file nowadays yeah, absolutely yeah yeah okay okay yeah yeah the um, file is flagged yeah flag flag okay file. well i want to put the i want to put the shoe on the other foot uh -huh. what would you rather have the junk or well i was thinking about it i was thinking about it yeah. um so if we, if this is like a magic wand scenario, right? Okay, which I love magic wand thought experiments, right? If we had a magic wand and you say, okay, you have to pick I one. I love how other. you love this thought experiment. No, I love thought experiments in general, but this I one. I do too. I do If too. we can tailor, if we can tailor the 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 experiment, we're all things being equal. Because if if there's no, if there's never a threat of personal harm, physical harm, mm -hmm. okay, if that's off the table. If a guy's just going to come up and open his trench coat, okay, or if I know that there's someone across the street in the tree who can kind of look in and see me and my wife and my kids, um, uh, I'll take trench coat. Well, then why didn't, were you surprised that I would take that? Because I'm just thinking about it fully through right now because I added my wife and kids into the mix. If it was no, me- take off your wife and kids because i was looking at this, oh if like, it's me feel like you're 18 because oh, i'm putting geez. myself in the position of the of the girls that he was going after that age yeah. range you know yeah when i was 18 and i was in much better shape fuck yeah check me out through the window all day but see that's such a guy thing to say i'm talking and about i'm kidding no i'm kidding yourself in a i'm kidding it's an invasion a you are it's a, a woman yeah i'm kidding um it's an invasion, but another another aspect of this that that is is a big lever that we, that we need to be able to to adjust here is: Are you aware of it? Okay, I bet most victims of peeping toms aren't aware that it's happening. Okay, so is it like what you don't know doesn't hurt you because you're fucking aware of a of a flasher? Okay, you know. No, well, listen to this. So one of the cases that this is one of the reasons why I never say what I'm doing next week is because one of the cases that I've been working on is is the robert yates he was a serial killer in washington state and so i've been getting these uh pdr requests like every couple months where they'll give new documentation and stuff and it yeah. just takes forever well one of the things that i was recently reading is that he literally after he was living in a place and then once he moved out the current tenants found that he'd screwed out a hole in one of the the garages or whatever and so he was looking in on on his one of his daughter's friends wow. and it's like it feels like this behavior and he is a serial killer right yeah. so it's like, it's it's peeping toms and and this is what the night stalker did too when he was ramping up remember him at that hotel room yeah absolutely with the master key so i feel like they're both equally like messed up it's just you know, different. So, so talk to me about, about this guy. Talk to me about the, just from the beginning, the I five, the I five killer. My take on him. 
Just just give me the the high level view first, and then I'll ask. I you mean, questions. the high level view is that he came from an upper middle class family in Oregon, mm -hmm. and was it sounds like his sisters were very high achieving, and he was directed towards sports mm -hmm. because they were like, okay, well, what do you do? And mm -hmm. you know, he excelled in it, and um, I think that he became at some point like a massive narcissist, and he really loved. And I mean, I mean, obviously that rejection piece that would come later, like who knows where that plays in that stew pot, right? Right. Um, but he was very much, it seems like from a, you know, teenager age wanting to, he started flashing. All of a sudden, you know, he's doing this and they just kind of were like, okay, boys will be boys. I mean, that's my take on it. Um, and he kept getting off and his football career kept blossoming and blossoming and you know, he, he, you know, the reporter, John Wertheim was saying, you know, he believes based on his research that, that, that linked football those impulses. And then once that was gone, it was like, you know, free for all. So you said something interesting. You said somewhere along the line, he became a narcissist. I mean, are narcissists created like that societally or are you, are you born with a certain narcissistic kind of bent? I don't know. I mean, it was easy for me to see. I think we've had enough narcissists in our lives that we know what that looks like and we know what the few they're fueled by and just the constantly concerned about what his physical being was like. I mean, hey, I'm a narcissist. I, I like to look good. I like to whatever. Uh, I get that. But that's he, different. He was that's I different. know, right. I know that's what I'm saying. He's taking it to a whole nother level. The I mean, narcissists he, that I have dealt with. I think one consistent thing is is, is an, an undeserved ego. Okay, like they 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 have this sense of entitlement that is not earned at all, and like and and it's it's shocking sometimes when you're like whoa, and that's sometimes how they win because they shock you into thinking who the fuck is this person to think that they deserve this or that they can treat people like this when they when they have no nothing to back it up. They just well, have the that's a, I would consider that a person of privilege because they that's how they yeah to to feel entitled. That's a different kind of narcissist than what I'm talking about with this guy. From what I see, I feel right. like somebody who's like like I said in there, you know, um, narcissist. This idea yeah. of falling in love with, with yourself, oneself, so self involved. I mean, what kind of guy sends these nude photos to women and just like. To me, that's so it's it's like a, a form of flashing where it's like unless you like nowadays, if there's somebody like has a profile I'm like, yeah, I love seeing nude guys. Please send me photos. OK, great. That's right. what she's into. That's it. But I mean, I could just picture him sending out photos to women and just thinking like how lucky these women are going to be like you're welcome. And, and, how, much, and, and, and how much they're going to love it. Right. You know, like that. I, I mean, for me, it's like I could totally see why women and young women would think he was creepy because you could be I've known guys like this where they're really good looking, but you don't want anything to do with them yeah, because sure. it's just so, I mean, creepy. It's yeah. just it's a shell. Yeah. All right. You know? So so Randall Woodfield. Right. Yes. Um, football player. Yeah. You were very descriptive about how wonderfully handsome he was. With his oh. curly brown hair that matched his eyes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. 
Um, because I'm picturing how he see, I could put myself in other people's shoes, Brandon. Yeah, yeah I sure you I'm sure you can. You know, in his chiseled chiseled six foot 170 pound frame. Yeah. Yeah. In, in today's Actually, NFL, he would get broken in half in today's NFL, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, that's I mean, he you're going up against these these men that are just freaks of nature, right? That are like six four. 250 pounds and can run a four, four forty and, and just, you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Like six foot, 170 pound guys are punters. Okay. Well, what did you think of him? Um, I thought he was a fucking asshole. Like, I'm like, I know guys like this forever guys that peak that peaked in high school. Okay. were like super hot and got all the chicks and we're like, lettered in three sports and, and and i'm not shitting on all of those guys because some of my best friends were these amazing athletes in high school but then there were the other guys okay that were also great athletes that also acted like they were kings of the world because they were for a couple of years you know mm-hmm. um and so i knew so i knew guys like that I've, i didn't know any of them that were like i'm going to send nude pictures to women that i don't know because they deserve to see something beautiful. Like I didn't know any narcissists like that when I was growing up. Um, but- I, I I just, just cut you off for one second. Like this was very triggering for me because I, when I went to high school, I was friends with a lot of, you know, football players and things like that. And I didn't, I unfortunately got under the radar of this <sighs> big football guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like a freshman. And he like, for whatever reason, got into me and, and I didn't like him. Like, I didn't want to be with him. Mm-hmm. And he basically exhibited this kind of retribution type behavior toward me. And it was the scariest thing I had ever, Because ever, you rejected him? He like. Because I rejected wow. him. So I got like, I couldn't go to parties that, that he was at because I literally was afraid for my safety. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. And I and I didn't even realize it. I kind of forgot about it because you know it was yeah. high school, right? Yeah. And then I, doing it, it came back up. But just that kind of and again, I've had football players who who a huge part of my life that were amazing people, and so I have nothing against football players at all. But this particular situation with this guy, and he was like, he was like the big football player, big guy yeah. on campus, and it was really scary it was really scary so i can only imagine you know just having this rejection behavior of like he's trying to get on this girl and she's not interested and then he goes back and gets even right yeah Yeah. and that's really scary yeah well like coming from money you know there's that great saying you know that you're born on third base and act like you hit a triple okay that's the entitlement kind of syndrome for these rich kids so he comes from money. Yeah. Uh, he's a good looking guy. So he wins the genetic lottery. Okay. Um, then he's got some athletic ability, obviously. He's an all-state football player for three years, okay, which is great. So um, then he goes to school. And the good part now, here, here's the good news of the story, is that he goes to school and he joins a Christian group at college and God fixed him. So oh wait, no, I read that wrong. He got worse. Sorry. Sorry. He got worse. Yeah. Right, because you can go to church and learn how to be a sexual deviant apparently uh sorry okay brandon okay brandon tell me i'm wrong 
Thank you. Okay. I think that he had everyone snowed and that he was on this collision course path from for a long, long time. Well, here's the reason I bring it up. Here's the reason I bring it up. Um, just given the history of the last 30 years, and let's just and, and just with the Catholic Church, okay, there's a there's an obvious history of awareness of terrible sex crimes going on and covering it up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. now that's something that Mr. Woodfield here was a beneficiary of, not always from religious groups, but of something happening and him being able to get away with it. Okay. He had arrests. He had tons of allegations of, of, of being a flasher. Okay. So what is the possibility of if the cops know it, if administrators know it, if his coach knows it, the, the religious group he was a part of knew it. Okay. I'm sure they were trying to counsel him. Like everybody knew what was going on and no one did a thing about it. Why? Because he, he was going to catch the football. There's this thing that happens with good looking people. Yep. You're in the bubble. People don't want to believe that they're predators and we give them so much leeway. And he had the perfect sauce. He came from a privileged family. He knew what to say. He went to the church stuff. He basically looked good. And that's why I made such a big deal about that because it's like, I've known people like that and they're soulless inside. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? But because they look a certain way, we just don't want to believe that they're capable of doing that. We want to believe that it's the dirty old guy with the wrinkled raincoat that's, you know, he's the one, right? Sure. And in, even in all of these, like later on, like they were the descriptions, he was this good look. I mean, it was almost like he was doing his football stuff as he's like attacking and brutally sexually assaulting and murdering these people. He's like on the field, taking away their purses, running from the scene, you yeah. know? I think it's more than him just lo looking good. I think that's a part of it. But for him to have several arrests and two convictions and still be on a college football team, okay, that Absolutely. just means he was helping the team win. Oh, and I'm not discounting that yeah. at all. Yeah. Helping with the all team these win. Football friends that I had, I saw them get away with stuff that was crazy when I was yeah. when I was younger and hanging out with them. And yeah. it's like our, our our friend group. I wasn't just hanging out with the right. team. Thing, like at parties and they would do and it's like they would get they would get free passes they would you know their their grades didn't have to be as good as everybody else I mean it it's it's not yep. anything new and I totally agree with you exactly. 100%. not anything new not anything new not anything new but you know what's interesting there is one good thing I will say about about Randall Woodfield here is um uh how things have changed in 50 years since he was playing organized football Okay. Um, scouting report on him from his, from his college coach was he's a coward because he doesn't want to get hit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll say he's a fucking genius because he didn't want to get hit because it's stupid. Right. Let's just be honest. It is the willingness, like I'm going to go out there and propel my body as fast as I can into someone else's body. And I know I'm, it's a condemnation of the sport of football and combat sports in general, but I think we've evolved as a society to a point where we can acknowledge it and that the young men who are going to play are doing with the full knowledge that it's going to shorten your fucking life considerably. And yeah. if you still want to go, go back then in the seventies, we didn't have the science. We didn't have whatever. 
People were looking the other way. There wasn't as much money behind it. Um, and this guy, I don't consider it to be cowardice to say, you know what? I don't feel like getting hit. I don't want to go across the middle and get my head taken off by a 220 pound inside linebacker who's just waiting for me to be defenseless looking at the ball. Okay. So- I think that given the, the, the bad news bears mentality back in the day, and that mm-hmm. that's what you did for your team and country. Yeah. Like I don't think he was doing it to be smart. I think he was doing it because he was a coward and he was a narcissist and it was all about him. It had nothing to do with team. Yeah. And, and he, and clearly, you know, it was all about appearance and and what, you know, he was being fed by the adoration of the crowd. That's a good point. That's a good point. I retract the fact that he made an intelligent decision. I think he stumbled onto an intelligent decision by preserving his brain, by not wanting to get hit while playing football. Um, well, and, and I think that the thing is, is that, you know, we see movies where it's like you have the coward who's really smart. He's like the computer whiz or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's the villain. He's the bad guy. But he can still be smart and be a villain. And I think in this case, like he was not being smart. He was just, he was just to, to your point, he was just a douche. Yeah. He was terrible. <laughs> like he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't even a team player. We'll be back after a quick break. Yeah, he was out for himself. What can I get? How does this benefit me? And how can I get women to look at me naked? It seems exactly. like was his focus at this point in his life. So then he gets drafted, mm-hmm. which I think if you can trace things back, that's probably the worst thing that ever happened to him. Okay. Because uh, what is that Harry Chapin song? It's a Harry Chapin song where he says, I guess it's better sometimes when we don't get to touch our dreams. Okay. Because then you don't know when you're that close to something, his dream was playing in the NFL. He gets drafted. He goes to training camp where you can fucking taste it, right? You're going to Lambeau field. but, But here's the thing, Brandon, that we don't know. I hear you completely, but we don't know if he didn't make the team because of all these exposure things. So he, I think that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is that, regardless of why he was that close to doing it and didn't. Okay. And when you're that close to something, when it's within your grasp or you think it's within your grasp and then you see it die, you watch that dream die. Okay. Mm -hmm. That put him on the path. I think that just made it worse. All of these, all this compulsive behavior, his, his predilection now for revenge, right? Cause you use that word a lot in it. He wanted to get back at these women who rejected him. Right. And so you could make an argument. I'm not a, I'm not a shrink, but you can make an argument that the rest of his victims was him getting back at the Green Bay Packers for cutting him or getting back at life for robbing of this dream that an entitled, rich, handsome kid who always got everything he wanted thought that he deserved, that it was his destiny and he doesn't have it. You know how difficult that must be for someone like that? Yeah. Well, clearly he didn't rise above it because the story that I would have, you know, the story that we love about people who are able to overcome these issues, like, okay, he didn't make the team, but he went back to school and he became an amazing coach. And he, but see, he wasn't that way. He was, he was a paper tiger. He completely folded and, you know, he was never going to be great because he wasn't the true great players 
you know, the Michael Jordans, mm. you know, they are so fiercely competitive. They are so willing to do anything that it takes, even when they're like, I mean, Michael Jordan didn't make his high school ba basketball mm. team and he mm. went back and he worked even harder. Or yeah, what, I don't sure. Know he was also is. right. Yeah, but he was also six six and and had some natural talent and grew into his body. I mean, I'm sure that there are for every Michael Jordan, there's um 10 million people with the same cutthroat competitive "I will fucking kill you to win" nature that just simply didn't have the physical ability. Okay, so when you have someone with the physical ability, okay. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Shaquille O'Neal. He was yeah. super tall. He had he had the height. But what he he was clumsy. He couldn't. He was lumbering. He wasn't that good. And mm -hmm. he kept being like, "I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna be good." And he got hooked up with a coach who saw that. And 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 that's the thing. The difference between this guy and mm -hmm. players like this, where it's like he wasn't willing to put in the time. He wanted to go flash people. He was willing to yeah. put in enough time to look good and to be on the team. But it was it wasn't what you need to be a winner. To be a winner where you have it in your heart and you have it in your soul. Like, yeah, he didn't have the, he didn't have the discipline. That's, that's required. Discipline is everything. It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. He didn't, and, and he didn't have that. And uh, I went to high school with a kid named Mike Leach, um, who uh, was, you know, back in the nineties, he had every record in New Jersey as a wide receiver. Okay. And a uh, fantastic football player, Big kid, strong kid, good family, uh, disciplined, like we say, and he gets drafted uh, by the Tennessee Titans as a tight end because he's not—he didn't have a wide receiver body for the NFL. He had a wide receiver for you know a small district in New Jersey, okay. But when you get to the next level, you're with people a couple inches taller, okay, a lot faster, okay. And so he's like, all right, so what do I do? Coach said, well, now you're a tight end. You've got the body, which is like a bigger, thicker kind of guy, and you don't you're uh, reliant less upon speed, okay, and more upon durability, okay. Um, but he was behind this guy named Frank White, <clears throat> Frank Wycheck, who was this great Tennessee Titan tight end for a long time, and so his agent says, "You're never going to play. You're never going to play if you stay at this position." He goes, "Well, what do I do?" Because the agent knew how disciplined Mike was, and he would listen to him. He goes, "If you want a career in the NFL." In the off season, you go put on 30 pounds and learn, get bigger, right? And learn how to be a long snapper, okay? For every field goal, every punt, okay? And and he did it. And he picked up and he had a fucking 20-year career in the NFL and made a ton of money and has his pension and did it all because he had the discipline. He was able, it's like the book, Who Moved My Cheese, right? If you haven't read it, you should read it. It's like, maybe what yeah, you're going yeah. after isn't the right dream of yours. Okay. Right. And exactly. And that's why I say back to your point about that song Chapin yeah. that, that he shouldn't have found out for him that destroyed him. And he chose to destroy other people Yes, and, and just be a complete like narcissistic egomaniac psychopath. Whereas yep. other people, like you just mentioned, Leech They'll took pivot. that opportunity. Exactly. Right. They'll pivot and use and use their yes. focus and use their discipline in a way that where the road opens up for you, it doesn't narrow. The road gets bigger. Like, oh, look at all this opportunity now, you know, yeah. but no, nope, yeah. he decided to go make women look at his dick. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then, and then far, far, far worse things than that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Um, 
what happened in the NFL, I don't know if you follow the NFL, was that because it's 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 interesting how you say you can't even find a record of him. We don't know this guy, and he wasn't an NFL player, like all that kind of shit, right? Uh Aaron Hernandez. Have you heard of Aaron Hernandez? I have, yeah. Yeah, Boston yeah. Globe and uh and Wonder he did a great podcast about him called Gladiator. Um, and basically it's like he was a serial killer that was on an NFL team, a premier NFL team, the New England fucking Patriots. Okay. So, and you see how the NFL dealt with it. Like as soon as boom, the indictment came cut, gone, you're done. You're out of very, very publicly. They put a chasm between themselves and Aaron Hernandez, you know? Um, And if you haven't checked out the podcast, I have no, I have no stake in it, but you should hundred percent go listen to the podcast on Aaron Hernandez because the spotlight reporting for the Boston Globe is as you would expect. It's, it's amazing. Um, and circling back to Michael Jordan real quick over the weekend, took the family to see air the new movie. If you haven't seen it, we, you should. We went too. Oh, how oh, great was did. that? Oh my God. I, I loved, it. loved it. I, I absolutely it. loved it. I, I loved it. I love Michael Jordan is, Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the dance, but I mean, I've always loved Michael Jordan always, always. And I, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge sports fan, but what I am is like, I love watching, I learning about sports figures across the board, what it takes to achieve excellence. So you asked me if I knew a lot about sports. I don't, but I do know about players that I really like and admire. And and I loved air and I couldn't wait to see it. And it was amazing. And I love Affleck and. um, Affleck's a treasure. He's one of the best, one of our best directors right now. He's so great. The way he crafts a film. And I mean, I Viola Davis. Amazing, quiet, intense. I I mean, just, but just that they're giving her through his mother. That's what you need. Somebody like smart and not willing to compromise. And I love how they made that, how, what she said about like, he's that player. He's the player that can ask this. He's the player that's going to be great. Because if you're not great, you can't ask for that. You're not going to get it. But when you're great and you hold out, you can get it because you know, and it it happened. It was great. I loved it. I was sitting there just like, I mean. All of Gen X, because that was such a watershed moment in our lives, right? 85, right? I remember where I was begging my mom for Jordans, begging my mom for Jordans, right? And getting them. And then I, I just. Oh my gosh. Right. It was incredible. There's so many stories about Jordans. I used to work with this Mormon kid. Uh, he had like 30 brothers and sisters growing up and, and not a lot of money. And, uh, and we were talking one night at work and, uh, and all he wanted was a pair of Jordans. He was a basketball player when he was like, you know, 14, 15 years old. And his parents were like, that's way too much money for any one item. I'm sorry. Right. You know, we're not wealthy and, but you know, and he's, and he begged, please, 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 please. I don't want anything for Christmas. I don't want anything for the next three Christmases or the next four birthdays. I just want this pair of Jordans right now. And he got them. I know. I was back there. I know. I know, Brandon. I get it. Got them. And he would only wear them in a gym on the basketball court. He kept them in the box in his backpack. He'd take them to school in the box and then take them out for basketball practice, then put them back in. And they lasted them like forever. Yeah. That is so 
That is so that that's so missing in today's culture. I was just gonna say that as I'm telling the story, I'm like, my asshole kids, they get like whatever they freaking want whenever they ask me. And now I'm mad at myself. I'm a terrible parent. I know, and that's what I'm saying. Me too. I mean, that's that's yeah. All right. You know what? We loved it and it was great. And I and I just love that air is getting its due. And for people who are acting like it's a marketing movie, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait a Gives second. A what shit. are you talking about? You're <laughs> missing the entire thing. Missing the whole thing. It, it's, it's, you know what was great is that it was the first time in years since pre-COVID that I had to like search around for a theater to find tickets together because they were, they were selling out everywhere for air. It was great. I was I was I was bummed that I had to like drive a little farther away, but I'm so stoked. It's like the the audiences are back and they're and they're going to see an adult drama that's not a Marvel movie or a sequel to anything. I know, I know, yeah. it was great. It was great. Yeah. I loved it. So I, there's uh, I, I liked a part coming up um, in the in the episode. Uh, we're getting into a lot of my favorite parts right now, but. Um, where the cop saw him standing on the corner, but like, ah, he's too far away to be my guy, even though he matched every single thing in the description. I was like, nah, too far away. Okay, maybe stop him anyway, buddy. Okay. <laughs> I know. Did he still have the tape on his nose? No, I the mean... tape on his nose, everything that he's wearing, everything. You're like, no, no I don't know if that. he had the I don't know if he had the tape on his nose. But I think that that's like, again, that the confirmation bias of like, there's no way, there's no way that it's humanly possible. Yeah, right? I know. But it, but here's this guy who was a wide receiver, an athlete still. I'm sure obviously he kept himself in shape. So yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but so let's talk about the tape on the nose thing. Um, because it's interesting that he thought it would save him, but it wound up fucking him. But but I, I, I really enjoyed that uh, explanation. That if you have something like that, that's all they're going to look at, okay? Because I, I've I've done work with a Navy SEAL who was CIA trained in interrogation techniques and stuff, and and they're taught that uh, when someone looks at you, and a, a, a Western English speaking person, okay, um, will look at your face like they're reading a page of a book, right? They'll start upper left, not on your eye, but upper left. So they'll, they'll always remember your hair color first, or mm -hmm. if you're wearing a hat first, and less about eye color or what you actually look like. Okay. So this is somebody in the United States? This is someone in the US, England, whatever, people who read left to right, top down. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that the first thing they'll look at is the top left of your head, or as I'm looking at you, top right. Okay. Um, so it, it's an old, it's an old uh, stage actor kind of thing as well like the most powerful place to stand on a stage is downstage right okay because that's where everyone naturally goes that's where the, you want to look to your left first because you're used to reading books from left to right so um uh so if something sticks out like that's what they're going to remember which i like about about the tape thing um but then he wore it every time <laughs> So this dipshit, like, yeah, oh yeah, the guy with the tape on it. Yeah, that was the guy. That was the guy. This was the guy. This was the guy. Have you ever, have you ever seen Home Alone? Yeah. The first one. It totally reminded me of the Wet Bandits, where the, the <laughs> leave the sink on. Like, okay, no, every we know it's you every time, dipshits. Yeah. Um, uh, but then, so then there, there are always these. There were so many of these little statements that you made in the podcast. 
that that made me think that oftentimes he did rely kind of on his wits um, to get himself out of jams. Um, one thing he said, he knew better. One of the detectives said he knew better than to talk to the police. Knew better. Don't give the police. Here, and here's the, and here's the thing: the upper middle class background, where it's like, you know, I'm sure he was intelligent. I mean, not just because he was upper middle class, but like he wasn't somebody who was just fell off the turnip truck. You know, he had resources. I don't know a lot about his attorney, and but but um, the uh, Chris said that he had the best attorney mm. in Oregon that was representing. Yeah. It's like he came from means best like defense attorney yeah that's the, be the best yeah. defense attorney and so it's like you know you know he's experienced just because you know he's had a childhood where but he's also he done time he'd also been in jail and so yes, he and he'd also been in jail yes but so there's lots of people who, there's lots of people who've been in jail and they still talk to people yeah 100 you know? that's, that's max favorite convict right Remember Mac, my That's favorite right. detective. Yep. I know. That's so I think that it was just his hubris, his like entitlement. I don't have to fucking talk to you. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. I'm smarter than you. And I'm I don't need to tell you anything. So what I like about this story, it gets almost Shakespearean in the end, right? In Hamlet. What is it? What is it? It's sport to see the engineer hoist on his own petard, right? So for how, however much intelligence we ascribe to this maniac, uh, he gets outsmarted by a girl playing dead, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Lisa Garcia is a mm -hmm. bad motherfucker. She takes oh, yeah. bullets in the head, doesn't die, doesn't no. panic mm -hmm. by letting him know that she's still alive, keeps her shit yeah. together to the point where she can make a phone call, and and bring this fucking guy down. That's that is some shit right there. Yeah, that, that made me. That while, made you're, me while your best friend is, you hear while your, your best, best friend's friend dying, dying, dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So kudos to to Miss Garcia there. But so so let's talk about this this the you know how he got his name, the I five Bandit because he would just for those who don't know, Interstate five connects. Geez all of the Western states. It's a, like mostly almost a coastal highway, not like PCH, but it's, it's kind of near the coast. Um, mm -hmm. I've driven it, you know, from LA to Seattle before, you know, and to Portland a bunch of times. And it's just a long, lonely stretch of highway that goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, a lot of beautiful scenery yeah, and on a lot of beautiful country, a lot of beautiful scenery, a lot of little, little towns dotted here and there, but not unlike, um, the Night Stalker, uh, who kept close to the 101 freeway in the valley in Los Angeles when he was here, um, Woodfield stayed within two miles of Interstate 5. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and, was the strategy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and did he have, like, talk about how he would find victims? Well, what I found really fascinating and frightening was it almost felt like his I don't even know any other word for it. So I'm sorry to use this word, but foreplay in the sense of he would go to these pay phones, you know, make these calls to had no interest in what he was offering. And then it was like he, that would jack him up to then go and, and do these attacks to on someone else. women. 
Right. Someone else. Yeah, he'd get rejected by else. one woman and take it out on a stranger. Yes. But no. just this weird behavior of all these. I mean, it was like it was like that ritual that we talked about last week where it was mm. like he had to make these phone calls. He had to get that rejection mojo going. And and I don't mean to be cavalier about it. I just I don't know how to say it in any other way. It just was that obviously was part of his ritual to to get to pump himself up to then go attack other people. Yeah. You know? And it's just. It's like he's manufacturing anger and passion that he can, because, you know, he, uh, other with, with in, in the absence of that rejection over the phone, he might not have had the mojo going to go out there and do some shit. You know, it's, it's, it's a very, very strange MO. I really think it's just part MO. of what his, his process was yeah. like, he had to do it. And that's, it was an evidence with all of those calls. And that's what ultimately got Got him caught. Right? I know. And so for, you know? every time I've said that this guy's smart, I take it all back because he's a fucking idiot because he did everything on a calling card. Right. You can map his into every one of his movements. I know. And he did it every single time. Every time. He did it every time. On a calling card. And you know what? And you know what that is a symptom of? There you go. Rich kid. Rich kid not paying his own bills. Oh, here's a calling yeah. card. Here's a calling card. Here's a calling card. Right. Yeah. And his landlady, like, yeah, please do a search warrant and look what I've been dealing with. Yep. Like this asshole's made all these calls and charged them to my account. And he's not thinking, he's not thinking, oh, you know, I better not make these calls because no. he thinks you know, he's he's smart. Like, hey, that's that entitlement piece of like, hey, I want to make a call and I'm going to make a call and I'm going to use my calling card. If he had a pocket full of dimes, we may have never found him. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it's just, I think you and I are both tapping into just the, the entitlement of this guy and yeah. just through the whole thing. And it's just so, and he's never confessed to his crimes. He's never, you know, told people why he's done the things that he's done. Like it's just. But convicted life plus 35 years or something like that he got. Yeah, but but he's never like I think that's one of the reasons why he's not, you know, people know Ted Bundy. Right. Sure. And it sounds like, you know, everybody's always like, well, people like Ted Bundy because or not like Ted Bundy, but he's, you know, people have been interested in him because he was good looking and he was an attorney and he was smart and and he, you know, blah, blah, blah. Where it's like, this guy was good looking, this guy, but but he didn't whatever whatever reason, people don't really know a lot about Randy Woodfield. I mean, had you ever heard Randy Woodfield no. before you listened to this? I think I'd heard about the I-5 killer before in passing, um, but I but the name, I mean, Ted Bundy doesn't have a nickname, does he? The co-ed killer? Like, what was Ted Bundy's nickname? Ted. That's it, right? He Ted. Didn't, right, he didn't have, like, a title, you know, like the Green River Killer or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Like the big, like John Wayne Gacy doesn't have a, a title also. It's just like, you know, the fucking name, right? Yeah. 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 But you don't know Randy Woodfield's name like that. You know, the I-5 killer. Right. And then you know what he did? He actually sued Anne Rule, who wrote a book about the I-5 killer when he's in prison. Wow. Did he win? No. <laughs> okay. Wow. It's like a $12 million lawsuit against her book. I mean, this guy is so entitled. What, defamation or or what was he, what was the claim? Like Slander? 
I don't know. I think she interviewed him, but he didn't mm. like what she wrote. And or mm. again, his narcissism, like yeah, he would be written about in a certain way. And apparently, so what? What crimes? I'm sorry. What crimes was he convicted for? He was convicted of a first degree murder, attempted murder, and two counts of sodomy. And okay. then he was convicted in another case, I guess, in Benton County. And that's where he got the extra 35 years right. for um, a stick up and uh, sexual assault. But there's so many right. sexual so assaults first, that we never got. And those first convictions were based on the Lisa Garcia case, correct? Yes. Her mm -hmm. testimony. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. This fucking guy, he did it. He did everything. He was flashing. He was, he was hold like gun robberies, right? He was obviously murder, uh, kidnapping, rape. I mean, he ran the fucking gamut of violent crimes. And it was like a frenzy. It was like yeah. a frenzy. It wasn't just, it was like multiple crimes a day, like all this. And I think it was like a year and a half period. I mean, it was just like, just constant. Jesus. Like when the Night Stalker really kicked it into high gear. Oof. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fucking hell. Um, so where is he in jail? Is he still alive? Uh yeah, he's in Walla Walla. And apparently that's in Washington. Yep. Um, the worst of the worst go there. That's where Gary Ridgeway is. Um, he was married two or three times in prison. It's like that thing. What's the name? Shit. I always forget the word. Hybristophilia. Hybristophilia. So he married three different hybristophiliacs over the past, whatever, 30 years. Yeah. Two or three. Wow. Right. Yeah. Just feeding that ego, right? Mm -hmm. Feeding his narcissism. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, very interesting case. Well told, well researched. Uh, and you got a Sports Illustrated reporter on there. It's awesome. It was it, it was nice hearing because um, a lot of your interviews aren't with media savvy people. They're like with cops. Right. But this reporter from you can tell like he he spoke very confidently. He knew what he was talking about. He was he spoke loud and clearly. It was you're like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so it was nice. It was nice hearing that as well. And hearing his um, his take on NFL then versus NFL now and um and how interested he was and how happy he was to be talking about it. Cause it was a story that he just stumbled upon, you know, that, that really kind yeah, of, and he did a really good job. It's yeah. a sports illustrated their true crime. I guess they have a true crime mm. segment or whatever, but it's yeah. really good. I highly recommend it. Terrific. Terrific. All right. Well, thank you again for uh, the episode. Um, you want to tell me what's coming up next or should I stop asking you? No, I, I was thinking, what are your thoughts? Um, I was going to do Black Dahlia. Ooh. Um, what, what do you what do you think? Isn't that unsolved? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess it's interesting. You know, I like things to be solved because if when you give me well, one that's unsolved, I spend days like thinking about you know what might have happened. Like I'm smart enough to figure out shit that an army of detectives. Well, here's the. I think that they think that they know who did it. And what's mm -hmm. really interesting about who they think did it, it's a pretty much like, I think he did it. And uh, so. Great. But yeah, great. You know, Let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. That'll be yeah. interesting. I um, like historical ones because they're just like, like Billy Ghoul and, but I know. Sometimes like people, add, oh, you're right. Speaking of that, 
I'm sorry to interrupt. I was going to suggest that uh, talk about unsolved um, that you go international and, uh, and give us a Jack the Ripper episode. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to hear your, uh, your Jack opinions the- on that. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. So think about that. Just, eh, you know, think about it. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. Maybe for uh, episode 50, when we hit 50. Um, so, all right. Well, uh, thank you, Murder Chronicles Nation, for catching up with us again this week. Uh, we can't do this without you. Please consider supporting the great companies that support our show. They make it possible to do what we do. Um, Carolyn, as always... Uh, thank you so much for your hard work. This was a great episode. Uh, anything you'd like to add? No, thank you for sticking with us. And if you wouldn't mind, please rate and review. And it, it really helps. Why does it help so much? You're always like, it really helps. You have no idea how much it helps. Algorithmic stuff that I have no idea okay, how it well, works. Yes. So, so help us out. Feel free, please email us and um, give us some ideas for future content. And uh, until next week, be safe. And uh, we hope you take the time next week to catch up with us again. Until then, thanks everybody. Bye. The Murder Chronicles is a pie in the sky production recorded live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We are produced by Brandon Morgan and myself, music by Soundstripe. For Pie in the Sky Media, I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Thanks for listening. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.